This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The following is a presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network. It's the show that goes around the horn with your Minnesota Twins, with insight from the decision makers in the dugout and in the front office. It's Inside Twins. Inside Twins is sponsored by Killebrew Root Beer, locally owned and operated. It's how memories are created and legends are made. And good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to Inside Twins. It is brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer, locally owned and operated. It's how memories are created and legends are made. Corey Probus with you today from Target Field, just outside the Thompson Reuters Champions Club as we are getting set for the fourth and final game of this weekend series. It's been a very entertaining series, hopefully more the same today as the Twins look to take three out of four from the Texas Rangers. We thank you for joining us on the show today. This program takes you up until the bottom of the hour. Chris's pregame at 12.30, and then we'll have first pitch between the Twins and the Rangers at 1.10. It'll be Bailey, I'm sorry, it'll be Bailey over today for the Twins and lefty Jordan Montgomery opposing for Texas. And our guest on our Sunday show is the president of baseball operations, Derek Falvey. Always enjoy a Sunday conversation with you. Welcome back to the show, and thanks for stopping by. Thanks for having me on, Corey. It's great to visit with you. It's been quite a series so far. We've seen some emotions. We've seen some big hits. So We've seen the dugouts empty. We've seen the bullpens come out. And uh, it's been compelling here. You can't say it hasn't been this weekend. Yeah, it sure has. And, and for a little while now, it's felt like our team, you know, there's been some emotional nights uh, in different directions along the way. It's the way we've played all year. We've had a lot of really close games, a lot of tight games. We're playing well against teams like Texas, division leaders uh, of late. So I, our hope is that we can continue to to build on some of this momentum. It's been fun to be here the last few days and, and see the way our guys have played. Yeah, Twins had a great come-from-behind win on Thursday. Got the big swing from Ryan Jeffers. Uh, Rocco Ball Deli, speaking of that game, and Josh Winder picked up the win on Thursday. He said probably, and he said, you know what, not even probably, the most meaningful three innings, innings, period, that Josh Winder has thrown in his big league career came on Thursday. Yeah, you know, post-game, I rarely go into the clubhouse, right? I'm in I'm in with Rocco. We're talking a little bit of post-game stuff, but that's players' time, right? They're, they're kind of decompressing going through, but sometimes I'll pat a guy on the back if he had a rough night or something like that. Um, but I sought out Josh that night because Josh has been through a lot. You know, he's gone up and down with some of the injuries that he's had, uh, dealing with trying to find the right role for him. This role we've put him in is this multi-inning bullpen role, knowing this would maybe you know help from a health standpoint, but also an effectiveness standpoint. And to have him go do that, I just wanted him to know. I know Ryan hit the home run, and there were a lot of good moments in that game, no doubt. But maybe Josh's three innings there, were that was the MVP of that night for us because of what, what it brought for that game and what it allowed us to do for the subsequent games. So as you said, part of your job is you, you kind of pat a player on, on the back after a big moment. On the flip side, when things don't go that way, the way that the player envisioned, like last night with Griffin Jackson, Dylan Floro, 
did did you do the same thing last night? Yeah, you know it's 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 funny with the, with bullpen guys. You know, Griff had the save the other night. Great, you know, big moment, end of a game. Two days later, you have a rough outing. It's tough to be a bullpen guy in the big leagues because it's it's every night if you don't have exactly what you need. I think you ran out a little steam last night. You saw that. That's not that's not typical Griffin Jacks, just losing the zone the way he did a little bit there. But you do that. You, you get behind him sometimes just say, hey, there's some good things coming here. Get back on the horse. And the best thing you can do, and I've heard this from a lot of really good bullpen guys over the course of my career, you got to flush it. you got to show up the next day ready to go. He hit, uh, I believe, Ezekiel Duran with a first-pitch sinker to load the bases before Robbie Grossman. But the the sinker for Griffin, has that been a pitch that, that's come along here in the second half of the season? Yeah, I think you talk about the cat-and-mouse game between hitters and pitchers, and for Griffin, he was realizing that he was going so good early, and he was really hitting on that slider away, especially to righties. You know, Then you start seeing hitters try to figure out, okay, well, should I sit on it? Should I try and take it the other way? There's those moments. Well, what do you need to do? You need to combat it. And I think in, you know, you've seen a little bit of an increase for him in usage there, which is keeping some right-hand hitters honest. They can't lean over the plate the same way. So this this is all part of the, you know, the the maturation of a bullpen guy, of a pitcher who's still trying to learn. He's got three to four good pitches, you know, most nights, and trying to figure out how to use them all against against right and left hand hitters. I thought the way that that Rocco lined it up made a ton of sense with with Duran coming in in the eighth inning against the top of the order in a, in a tie game late, and hopefully Jax was going to do the same there in the ninth inning. It did not work out. How much of that decision was made based on where we're at in, in the season? Would Rocco have made that same call in May? Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, you have to, certainly have to ask him, but I understood it too from from your perspective, from a you know thousand feet, you're above it and you're watching it and you're thinking, okay, he's trying to get through the top of the lineup. You know, those guys, Simeon, Seeger, those guys have been really good for them all year. You know, the idea of using him in the eighth and then potentially bringing Griff back toward the back half of the lineup there made a ton of sense and, and ultimately worked out with Duran in inning one and going into inning two. I know these aren't traditional conventional ways sometimes to use toward the back end of the bullpen but it keeps the other team on their toes too you know the idea of pinch hitting in the right spots where you're going to go it's always with an eye toward what do we think gives us the best chance to win this game at the end you need everyone in that clubhouse to buy into that and I think our our group certainly has. September 1st is right around the corner and one of my favorite rules that uh, that they changed was it was my least favorite rule in baseball was how rosters looked uh, when you got to September, that's been changed now. You can go to as high as 28. You can add a 14th pitcher, and that's the cap. So when we do get to sem- September 1st, you're limited somewhat, but how differently could that bullpen look on September 1? Well, you're limited somewhat, right? So there could be an additional arm that comes up. You know, Very likely it would be for us, um, but you could only bring one, right? So the idea that we would – look at our group, see where we are in September 1. Obviously, we're rolling with six starters right now. You know, Could we add a bullpen arm? Could we slide one of those starters out to the bullpen? All those things are in play for us, right? So we want to we want to consider the makeup of that team at that time, but we're really excited about some of the players that are coming back and uh, are going to be part of this, and hopefully it allows us a chance to deepen our bench, too. I want to spend the next segment on injuries because I, I don't want to rush through that because we have some big names to discuss, but thinking about possible September 1 bullpen additions, where does Louis Varley stand in that conversation yeah Louis somebody who we know can impact us up here in some way shape or form but we also want him to to build out and keep keep starting you never know when you're going to need another arm down there and he's the next guy for sure that we would be talking about so the way we look at it is let's keep let's keep him moving let's keep him in the conversation we have stretched out some days between some of his starts that's all intentional just trying to manage some innings and we've said that at the big league level when guys have big jumps year over year you just want to be thoughtful about it but we see Louis as a, a real fit for us sometime in 
September in, in some role, ultimately, that hopefully will help us toward the playoffs. You mentioned that right now the Twins starting staff, it's a six-man staff. Uh, it was a week ago today that Dallas Keuchel carried a perfect game into the seventh inning here against Pittsburgh. Ober starting today. Maeda's listed to start tomorrow here against Cleveland. So where's Dallas right now within this rotation? Yeah, so what we're you know likely to do here is you'll see you know in some game here upcoming that there's a, a path toward you know a quote-unquote piggyback or someone coming in and throwing a bulk, bulk series of innings after the fact. So we'll see how that shakes out over the next few days. We've told Dallas that he's, he's ready to do whatever, however he can help the team. And I think with us right now, with the off days we had before, with where we are with our group, we just want to keep as many options in play as possible. So so I, I have a feeling you'll see Dallas here in the short term. The guy going today in Bailey Ober, uh, he comes to mind for a possible you know, piggyback. But even a guy in Kenta tomorrow coming back from Tommy John. Uh, are those the two starters that, as you think about, if Keuchel is going to piggyback with one or the other, that those two are at the top of that list? Yeah, I think it's it's natural to think that. Obviously, Bailey, we're tracking his innings, seeing his growth. You know, for us, I get asked this question all the time, is there a magic number and jump of innings or otherwise? There really isn't. You know, We've studied this through and through. There's not a perfect if he gets to 10% over or 20% over or 30% over the previous year. What you need to look at is how's he doing? How's he responding between starts? Are his mechanics staying pretty consistent? Is he holding his velocity and the quality of his pitches? How's the command? All of those things go into it, and I think Bailey's done a really nice job. Are there going to be some times where we can maybe throttle him back, so to speak, give him an extra day here or there, maybe limit his count in a given game, just to keep him going all the way through the end of the year? Sure, that's part of it, but that's a partnership between Pete and Rocco and the trainers and the player. If Joe Ryan was not hurt earlier this month, would he be in that same group with Ober in terms of let's keep an eye on these innings, or did that time in the IEL kind of put him on the back burner right now? Yeah, I think if well, when you asked the question at the outset, if he hadn't been hurt, I think he would have been tracking with a few more innings, certainly, so we would have kept that in mind. Uh, In some ways, that injury that he dealt with and, and dealing with some of that soreness that he had in his groin gives you a little bit of time to have throttled that back some for him so we saw him go out yesterday come back in his first big league start I think be really effective uh, overall through the five innings that he got and hopefully we can build on and see the Joe that we saw earlier this year and speaking of Ryan that first inning last night struck out three guys three really good hitters he was hitting 94 on on the uh, radar gun there was that adrenaline was that uh, a fresher arm, or what would you make of that? Probably a little both, right? I think when guys, you know, over the course of 162 games, it's a, it's a long season, especially for young pitchers who haven't gone all the way through like that. I think that he had a little bit of town, uh, downtime, and during that time got a chance to kind of reset himself. His workouts were good. He's strong again. It's just a little bit of that breather, so to speak, in the middle that allowed him to get a little more, and hopefully we can see more of that through the end of the season. Any red flag with him finishing that, that fifth inning at around 90? No, I think, you know, for certainly first game back, Right, and and that pitch count, you know, jumping a little higher than where he was at in his rehab start. I think that's not that uncommon. You know, you see guys lose some velo through the game. The key is how he responds today, how he responds in his bullpen. If that continues to go well, then hopefully we're just building back in the right direction. Uh, we'll take our first break on our Sunday show. When we come back, uh, we want to spend a lot of time on some notable names that are on the IL right now. We'll get the latest on Buxton, on Kirilov, on Stewart, and many, many more. Twins have some. Big time banged up guys. Hopefully some good news in our next segment from Derek Falvey. Inside Twins brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer rolls on next on your home for Twins baseball. Welcome back to Inside Twins brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer. Locally owned and operated. It's how memories are created and legends are made. Corey Probe is back with Derek Falvey. Inside Twins, Twins and the Rangers coming up about an hour from now. Fourth and final game of this series. All right, segment two, I wanted to spend uh, quite a bit of time on some injured players right now as we get closer to September baseball 
And let's begin with with the name that at the top of everybody's list, and that is Byron Buxton. Uh, it, it's come out here in in recent days and, and weeks that Byron, when he does begin to rehab, will see some time in center. Is that true? Yeah. So certainly with Byron, I know it's been an ongoing conversation through the course of the year about the, the potential for the outfield, and uh, through different stretches of time, just hasn't gotten himself quite all the way there physically to be able to get there, and uh, we've delayed that. Obviously, he had the hamstring strain uh, that gave us a little bit of uh, downtime, clear IL time, work on some things, get some other parts of his body as as healthy as they can possibly be uh, and he's feeling really good and, and that's and we've been progressing it and building it he's doing some running he'll do some additional running progression tomorrow uh, and ultimately our hope is that maybe sometime we'll see uh, depending on how the next few days go sometime during this week we could see a rehab uh, rehab start for him which would will allow him to go play some center field as well all right so what has to happen between now and then for that that last hurdle that he has to clear to begin that rehab assignment, what's going to take place here at Target Field before that happens? This is pretty traditional, you know, Byron or otherwise. You know, the, with the way you bring back a player from hamstring strain or dealing with other issues, you know, you do a lot of straight line running initially. You want to make sure they get their legs under them. There's a lot of treadmill work, things like that. You don't get to see, but you want him running the bases. You want to see how he responds to that. You want to see him. He's been moving around in the outfield. He's been on a throwing progression. All the things that you want to make sure that is ready to go once you get to center field. Once he gets through that base running progression starts to feel pretty good then that's typical as Byron or otherwise that's typical when you would start the rehab assignment and the rehab will it take place in St. Paul yeah our, our expectation right now is that given the team is home the St. Paul is home there'll be some opportunity here uh, that would be the conversation we would have if that changes for some reason and we feel like maybe the first opportunity for that is better in Florida where it's a more controlled environment or something like that we'll make that adjustment but I, I think in the short term we hope that we'll see him playing some games at the AAA level so that first game whenever that game does happen Hopefully it's Friday, Saturday this upcoming week. Will that first game be, you know, five innings in center? Will it be DH game one and then a day off and then four or five innings in center the next day? I, I think the, what happens day one is, is not in stone or, or written in ink just yet. But I think what you would normally see uh, for Byron or any other player in this way is you typically have – uh, some some innings the first game, you know, probably not a full game, right? Like we saw when Royce Lewis was coming back or like we saw when uh, Willie Castro goes out there. You, you want to make sure that you give them a little bit of slow build time. So does that mean three innings, four innings in center field, and then you're not playing you know, the rest of that game? That's possible. Is it a DH day after that or a day off? Those are the types of things that Nick Paparesta, our head athletic trainer, the docs with Byron, with Rocco, all kind of come together and say, here's what this progression should look like. If we have to adjust it or adapt it, we will. Is it important for Byron to to try even stealing bases, just to see how that leg is doing in situations where Byron may look to run when he comes back and rejoins this team. Will that be an important part of his rehab? It'll be a part of the rehab, but it's not something that's singular focused. Okay. I, I think our view, obviously, the, f the focus for us that will be different for him for this year will, will be some of that center field time. And see how he's responding because, you know, it's not just the sprint to go get the ball in the gap. It's it's being out there for a few innings. How does his body respond? How are, how are his legs feeling? Things like that. We're building that up right now, and, and everything we've seen up to this point has been really encouraging. So hopefully we can get there for the month of September. All right, so that's good news. Keep an eye on that. Maybe Buxton begins a rehab assignment with the Saints this upcoming week. Would he be joined by Alex Kirilov at some point this week as well? 
Yeah, so that's that's another progression that I think is timed up similarly. So he's going to hit live BP this week, uh, likely Tuesday here. Uh, and once he gets that, once he gets through that, if he's feeling good, his cage work, his progressions, his on-field BP, things like that have gone really well. So now the next progression is this live BP setting. You could see him joining Byron sometime thereafter uh, in a rehab assignment this week. So he's been hitting off velocity machines, and, and he's responded okay with he's that? He's responded really well. All I right. think that the key there is just get the strengthening up, all the things that you do. Uh, I know we talk about this with pitchers a lot, but cuff strength and, and all, all kinds of things you can do for your shoulder, uh, just making sure he's in a good place there. I mean, we started the season. And, you know, obviously talking a lot about his wrist and some of the things that he dealt with with that unique surgery, that's really gone well for him. So I think now he feels like he knows what it's like to get through that progression to feel good, and everything's gone well at this point. A name I haven't asked you about in a while is Nick Gordon. And Nick's been out here. We actually see him with Byron. They're playing catch, and Nick's been running around you know, a little bit. Where, where's he at in terms of his rehab assignment? Yeah, so he, he will also hit some live BP, but Nick, you know, every injury is so different, and it's uh, different body parts require different uh, approaches. Obviously the fracture that he had, you know, and, and where it was in his leg, uh, that leads to a, a different progression for how you run, how you go, obviously, because it's a you know, broken bone in an area that you're putting a lot more stress uh, than maybe some other player who dealt with a shoulder strain or an oblique strain or something like that. So he's not quite ready yet for running progression for bases, to do the types of things that require a lot of aggressive cutting, pushing off a of first base, running on a double, things like that. He has not been cleared for that kind of activity, but he has been cleared to hit. He has been cleared to field ground balls, you know, do some things that take a little shuffle step left to right, things like that. So we're not quite there yet. He's behind the other guys that I just mentioned for sure. Uh, we'll see if he ends up on a rehab assignment, maybe closer to the middle to the later portion of this month. Some bullpen guys. Brock Stewart, he threw a bullpen, I believe, yesterday. Yep. He's going to do another bullpen tomorrow. And then Jorge Alcala is a name that uh, we haven't seen and talked about in quite some time. What about those two guys? Yeah, so Brock threw a bullpen, as you said, Corey, yesterday. And uh, by all accounts, that went well. We'll see how he progresses. Our, our focus now is a couple of bullpens, you know, this week and see how he responds. You know, the, the good news on, on Brock has been that since he's been shut down, you know, any type of irritation or inflammation or otherwise he was dealing with early, and we've gotten a chance to look at images, take a look at it a little further, every Everything is structurally sound. Now it's just trying to get him built back to feeling good and, and being in a good place. We aren't going to rush that. We'll see how a couple of bullpens go this week and then potentially have an update for the progression next week. And in Jorge Alcala's case, a little bit further along, he, he's thrown more of those aggressive bullpens, uh, definitely touching velocities that we've seen before out of him in bullpens, 94, 95, uh, and not dealing with any pain. So our hope with Jorge is he is actually tracking toward uh, a rehab assignment a little bit sooner than where we would plan for Brock. All right, two more names, then we'll take our final break. Chris Paddock? Yeah. And also, are you ready to say that Jose Miranda's season is over? Yeah, so in Chris Paddock's case, uh, he's thrown two live BPs to this point. Here uh, or is he in Florida? Uh, in Florida. Okay. In Florida. He's done all his rehab in Florida, uh, and he's thrown two live BPs. Uh, the stuff has looked great. I mean, I think more than anything, we're really excited about what it means for the next couple of seasons for us. Uh, but, you know, we're not closing the door to the possibility that there's a, a path to potentially pitching, mo more likely than not out of the bullpen at the end of this year. But some of his progression is actually outlined by his surgeon. Uh, Dr. Keith Meister, who, who did the surgery, a very well-known surgeon in the industry, um, and he helps kind of guide that progression. We like that because it gives us an independent look at that progression. So he hasn't been cleared for full rehab assignment yet, but our hope is if he builds up again in that next live BP, he may be cleared for that thereafter. Uh, and then in Jose Miranda's case, you know, his throwing progression is behind where his hitting is. His, his, his swings, his hitting, everything's advanced there. So I'm not ready to say that yet, certainly. We've talked about uh, the potential that he even starts 
starts rehab where he's he's DHing and he's just taking at bats just to get him some of those at bats and get him back into the swing of things, even if he isn't quite ready to play a position and throw. So we're not there yet, and and we'll see where that tracks. But Jose's in good spirits, and hopefully we'll be tracking toward a good direction. All right, we'll take our final break. Come back and wrap up our Sunday show inside Twins. Brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer. Next on your home for Twins baseball. Okay, picture this: it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back to our final segment of Inside Twins, brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer, locally owned and operated. It's how memories are created and legends are made. Bailey Ober and Jordan Montgomery, the pitching matchup to wrap up this four-game series here today at Target Field. Here's some good numbers, Derek, about the offense since the All-Star break. The Twins have hit 66 home runs. Only Atlanta has hit more in the game than the Twins' offense right now since the All-Star break. So while the strikeouts remain high, the give and take with that, at least since the All-Star break, is the home runs are flying out. Yeah, I mean, I think our offense in general, you know, we're not, I've said this before, we're not fixated on just the home run. We're fixated on how do we score runs. And I think, you know, since I didn't look at it after the little bit of the outburst the other night, but uh, but I think our run scoring was in the top five, you know, five to six overall, or weighted on base. You know, the, the overall offensive contribution was in the top five overall since, since the All-Star break. Too. So I think there's some really good signs with the collection of our offense. I think getting Jorge Polanco back has really helped, and then getting a healthy Royce Lewis back is, has helped us too. And hopefully we'll get some of the guys we mentioned earlier back to, to even boost it further. Did you envision the rookies having the impact that they've had? Uh, if I would have told you Julian Lewis Walner would be key, key components of this offense in April, would you have been surprised? Yeah, you know, I, I don't know that I would sit here and say I would be really surprised. I, we were really excited about each of those guys and how advanced they were. Uh, Lewis obviously had already shown up here at the big league level. Uh, Eddie Julian, we always thought, had a really good feel for the strike zone and the ability to, to control it and hit for power when he needed to. I think Matty Walner's come as, a long, as long away as anybody, you know, making some adjustments. The other night when he hit that ball 97 above the belt line, off of spores uh you know i think he dented the right field wall um you know that was a type of pitch that maybe he wouldn't have gotten to a few seasons ago but he's made some adjustments and gotten the ability to do that so i think what that says at least hopefully to twins fans is this is a really exciting core group of young players that are going to be a part of this for a long time that joined the likes of some of the players who've already been here a while last one that will wrap up the show max kepler historically the second half has not been a strength for him much of that because of injury He's healthy and he is as confident as as he's been in years. Yeah, he's having fun, you know. And you're watching him out there, and I'm really happy for him. I, he's gone through a lot. I know Max's um, Max's personality, you know, doesn't always show it. It's not it's not his nature all the time. But this guy shows up every day, and and he's ready to go. I mean, I think I think this is still true. But in the time I've been here, no one's played more games with Minnesota Twins than Max Kepler, and I think that it's good to see what he's been able to do for us. Thanks for stopping by. Appreciate the time. Always good to be on. That's Derek Falvey. Stay tuned. Chris's pregame is coming up next on your home for Twins Baseball. You have been listening to Inside Twins, brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer, locally owned and operated. It's how memories are created and legends are made. This has been a presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network.